talkzone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yeah, we do welcome everybody to the Two Guys in a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Hope you had a great weekend out there. Everybody changed the clocks back uh, in hour, got an extra hour of sleep. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you're tuning into the show and you tuned in about an hour ago, maybe you forgot to turn back the clocks. But uh, we do welcome everybody. Great sports weekend. We'll talk about a lot of the football games of the Collegiate and National Football League variety. We'll get into a few other topics as well. Got some NBA and NHL to talk about. Big Dog and the coach at your service up until 11 o'clock. Other side of the glass, producer extraordinaire David Olson checking in. We'll do our NFL round them up and wrap them up. One of our Monday staples here in the review of Beat the Schmoes contest. A couple of us can brag about our results over the weekend. We will get to that. And uh, I want to thank Brian Bauer, by the way, for sitting in for uh, myself on Friday. It was Bauer and the Big Dog. Good stuff. Good stuff on a Friday show. By the way, Dave, I watched a little bit of it uh, via the Internet, as many other people uh, watch our show. And I, I found it very, very interesting. I did not realize that the camera actually gets a glimpse. I thought you were like, you know, the Wizard of Eyes, the guy behind the screen that the fans could not see. The camera is right back there for you. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I slide back like this, because if I'm okay. like at a certain angle, you can't catch me at uh-huh. all, because... All right. So I, I there, there's a reason why I'm behind the scenes, Coach. That's well, that, that, that works both ways, believe me. It's part of the beauty of the radio world. Uh, this whole webcasting thing is destroying the whole thing. But uh, we haven't found a makeup person here yet, have we? Makeup. Uh, still looking. Still looking. All right. So, But on our job list, with, with all the unemployment crisis we got, you'd think we'd be able to find somebody. But a female intern and a makeup person, and uh, ideally the makeup person will be of the female variety as well. All right, enough of that nonsense. It's the coach of the big dog. Uh, talk, it's a football over the weekend. NFL and the college variety. Let's welcome in my good partner, one of the best football experts we have to offer on the program. It's the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog! Coach, uh, I just want to let you know I'm your makeup guy. I- I've been in a plenty of relationships. I definitely mm-hmm. know how to make up. That's not the kind of makeup I was talking about, but uh, as a uh, happily married man of close to uh, 18 years, I'm okay in that particular area. But uh, 18 years, wow, that's just amazing. It is me. shocking, absolutely shocking. I mean, really. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not or, making fun. I just don't know how somebody could do it. That's, or, that's really impressive. Or as Rodney Dangerfield uh, would say, uh, you know, 21, 21 wonderful years. How long have you been married, Rodney? Uh, 38. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Big Dog, good stuff on Friday. I enjoyed listening to uh, Bauer, the Big Dog. I don't know if you heard me or not, but uh, watching over the Internet, I did not realize. But our our viewers, our viewers, our listeners can get a view via the webcast of producer extraordinaire David Olson. He's on camera as well as the rest of us. Well, he's probably the only camera-friendly one out of the three of us. It's true. Very true. I always thought the producer's booth was like, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the black screen. Nobody could see, but they're... There's more cameras in here than I think that uh, our military has in Afghanistan right now. It's unbelievable. 
Explain. Yeah, luckily our previous show was not did not was not ever on television or like webcast because our producer in the middle of the show his name was Swamp Rat. Yes, and it was pretty descriptive. Yes, morning break radio show you're talking about an award winning show we did for uh, close to eight years I think Big Dog, but uh, yeah, it was not a not a particularly um, physically appealing group of people that we work with. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they would, uh, we had Andre Wayward Hills and Josh the Waterboy Fox, uh, who was known his weight situation was basically a water retention problem. Yeah, that's why yeah. we called him the Water Boy. But uh, Rob Halfpipe Pankman, who basically uh, could not remember the last two decades of his life. <laughs> yeah, little things like that. Grooming uh, the top ten. There were a lot of great things about the show. Clearly, in the top ten, grooming would not have been one of those things listed. <laughs> Yeah, then we had George Murillo, who was definitely skinny, but he wore a dress shirt every single day to work, which and, was never ironed or tucked in. And you're forgetting the other part of it. What's that? Oh, he never wore pants. No That's pants. Why he couldn't tuck it in. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, you know, finally we had a guy working with the radio show, combed his hair, put the makeup on, he looked good, he had a nice dress shirt. Guy never wore pants. You, Matter of <laughs> fact, you used to call George Murillo uh, no pantalones. Yeah, that's exactly what I all right, enough of that show. we got a lot of football to talk about, yeah, Big Dog. Yeah. Uh, some big games over the weekend. We typically start with college, uh, and then we'll go to the NFL. We'll do the round them up and wrap them up college football. Uh, some big game. Texas Christian University, the Hornet wow. Frog, just wow. absolutely destroying. And I think you had told us, a, uh, you and many others, a very, very good Utah team, and they tore them apart, Big Dog. Yeah, like honestly, I did not think they were going to do that. No, they did that to Utah last year. In in Fort Worth, and I was thinking, you know, Utah has a better team this year. They've probably been practicing all year thinking about this particular game. Well, if they were, they laid an egg on on Saturday at 2.30 uh, Central Time because, oh, my Man. goodness, it was from the first snap of the game to the last snap of the game they whooped that butt. They got uh, their impressive speed, quickness. Athleticism. They appear to be extremely well coached. Team very much together. It's a that was a dominant performance. And again, I love their nickname, the Horned Frog. The, the Horned Frog. Oh, that's that is a great nickname. And and their their quarterback Andy Dalton. Everybody's talking about that locker kid uh-huh. from Washington and Luck from Stanford. I'm not saying those kids are aren't like very good quarterbacks. Cam Newton, Ryan Mallett as a professional quarterback. But that kid Dalton never loses coach, and he's got like that quick release. Maybe that is the quarterback that people should be taking, you know, in the first round. Is he a uh, senior? Oh yeah, he's a senior coach. Texas he, better, better get it done this year. He's the red hair dude, have right? A good defense, but you know they, you know, for uh, they're not going to have a quarterback like this for a uh-huh. while. The best way to put it. And he's been their quarterback what for a couple? He's the red hair yeah. dude, right? Red hair. Um, I gotta admit, I, I've never seen him with his helmet off, Coach. But I, every, <laughs> and every time I've seen him, his pants have been on. <laughs> so he is not uh, Andy No Pantalones, uh, Dalton. Yeah, he. I, I'm not sure if he is right here, Coach. Yeah. Okay, all right. But we, but one thing we know, he's got pretty strong arm, and he throws the ball to his guys, not the other team, and puts uh-huh. points up on the board. Maybe not quite as electric as Oregon's offense is, but boy. I'm telling you, Texas Christian University, very impressive. And now you basically have the big four for the national championship. Uh, would you agree, Big Dog, or is there still a few other teams in the in the running? Well, this this throws it all off, okay, because your big four are right now your your BCS conferences, uh, Oregon yep. and Auburn yep. at one and two. Uh, I have no problem with that. 
and then TCU is three, and Boise State is yeah. four. Please let and us I not agree. forget Boise State, by the way. They, they were second in the BCS standings. They beat Hawaii 42-7. to Hawaii, folks, was ranked just outside the top 25. Pretty damn good football team. Yeah, they crushed them 42-7. to seven. Two, huh? Boise, Boise State was never number two, Coach. They have never been number two. In the BCS? Not in the BCS. They've, they've never got any higher than three. If they got to number two, somebody at Auburn would have would have uh, killed Coach Patterson up at uh, or Peterson I, up at Boise State. They, they have never been in the one or two slot. I thought Boise I had read specifically this morning that after beating Hawaii 42-7, to Boise State dropped behind Texas Christian. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, they dropped, but they went from three to four. Okay. Still. You beat a near top twenty-five team, forty-two to all. Boise State does is just keep winning and winning by big scores, and they continue to get very little respect. They had seven hundred and eleven yards of offense. I, I didn't. I didn't stutter. I didn't get that wrong. Seven hundred and eleven. Is that for the season or one game? In one game. <laughs> that's no. That's Northwestern's output. I think for the nineteen eighties, the decade of the eighties. Wow. It's unbelievable. Kellen Moore, a Heisman Trophy candidate. So, th- so those are your big four. You've got two outside the powerhouse conference teams, mm-hmm. TCU and Boise State. You got two within Auburn and Oregon. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, any one of those teams that go undefeated through the rest of the season, they can call themselves national championships. Call them co. I don't know how you separate one from the other if they don't play each other. Yeah, you, you see, coach, that's that, that's the stuff that we'll get into an argument about. I don't even want to get started with that. But, okay, now, and then the number five team is LSU, the first one-loss team. And if LSU runs the table, nobody's mm-hmm. going to pass them. So what ends up happening is if Alabama, okay, check yep. this out. If Alabama beats Auburn, Auburn will be out because all of a sudden, just say the computer-wise, Auburn falls behind LSU. LSU is actually doesn't have a chance to win the SEC West. This is going to take me a second to do it. Auburn's going to play in the the SEC West championship game no matter what. So LSU, in a sense, cannot pass Auburn. So it's almost impossible for anybody but those four teams right now to play in the national title game. And it, and but I doubt uh, TCU and Boise State could be better than both Auburn and Oregon. But because of their conference and supposed lack of schedule, they will not pass those teams. So basically, Auburn and, and Oregon control their own destiny to get in. And if Oregon and if so, if you really want to see TCU or Boise State play one of the big boys, you got to root for Alabama to beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. That's that's the way that I'm rooting for it, Coach. Okay. I'm rooting for it big time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And even if they don't play in the national championship, we talked this about this before. Obviously, just two teams can do that. I want to see TCU play a powerhouse program, and I want to see Boise State play a powerhouse program. Yeah. I don't care if it's the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, whatever it is. Match them up against a Nebraska, against an Ohio State, against a uh, Alabama, LSU, someone like that, and see how the supporters and outsiders can do against a powerhouse team. Yeah, Coach, it drove me crazy last year when somebody was like, one of my players was like, hey, you know, TCU and Boise State made a made a BCS Bowl just like you wanted. I'm like, heck yeah, who are they playing? They're like, oh, each other. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so they do it again to them. So basically, like, so this year, when when Boise State returns twenty players and the people are like, well, they when I'm like, oh, they won a BCS bowl last year, they're like, yeah, it was against TCU, and I'm just like, I just want to smack these people. And then I, I just and I love what Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> says about this this stuff. Yeah, he was like, if when people from Auburn start ripping on TCU and say they don't play anybody, ask that well, that ask that Auburn fan, 
name somebody on the TCU team. And when they can't, just say, oh, so you haven't seen them play and don't realize that they're probably the best team in the mm-hmm. country. Yep. And, then, and then he's exactly right about that stuff. So these people haven't even seen TCU play, and they're mm-hmm. automatically saying, oh, they're not that good. Any of our Boise State play, they, and Virginia Tech lost to James Madison the next week. So the Boise State is obviously not that good. Oh, by the way, uh, Virginia Tech is undefeated in ACC play right now. Yeah, Virginia Tech, one of the hottest teams in college football. They may not have uh-huh. been that good in the beginning of the season, but they're awfully good right now. Uh, college football fans, you want to check in? We'll do a little segment here on college football. We'll get to the NFL football weekend from yesterday in just a second. Our phone number here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, 888 888-463-67. Big Doug, I almost did a reverse turn, uh, not 90 degrees, but like a full 180, sharp turn. On As soon as I said it and you started talking, I started to uh, play devil's advocate in here and argue with myself. The more I think about it, you know what, especially this year, much more so than last year, Boise State against TCU this year would be an awesome game. No, It would be a great game, and I, I will not debate that, Coach. I just don't want them playing each other. I want them to play. You're right. I want them to play okay. like the Rose Bowl against, uh, right. you know, obviously I don't think Oregon is going to be in the Rose Bowl this year. They're going to be in the national title game, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't see them losing the rest of the way. And again, the national title game is the uh, Fiesta Bowl this year in beautiful downtown Arizona. Downtown Arizona or downtown Phoenix. Or Little whatever Bowl. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just outside Phoenix is a place called Arizona. Don't you forget that. I used to work. I still uh, work part-time on residuals for the fine state of the Bureau of Tourism for the fine state of Arizona. Well, are you the guy that reminds everybody to put on suntan lotion? <laughs> yes. On screen, I mean. Yes, and remember, anything above SPF 40, you're paying for nothing because it's a complete slam. I've heard anything over SPF 15. Nope. The 15 to 30, don't kid yourself. The SPF 15 will not get it done on the heat of the Arizona Sun. This message brought to you by the Bureau of Tourism, fine state of Arizona. Protect yourself, big dog, in more ways than one. Remember, always use protection. Oh, I I do, Coach. Trust me, I do. (laughs) I don't go in the sun very often. Yeah, I bet you don't. Uh, All right, let's uh, talk about a couple of Big Ten games that were uh, quite notorious, if you will, if you could use that word. How about Michigan knocking off Illinois 67-65, to triple Overtime, obviously a lot of the points were scored, you know, from the 25-yard line in overtime, so that skews the incredible score. But still, Big Dell, you got to do a double, triple, and quadruple take, 67-65. to 65. Your beloved Illini losing by two. How'd you feel after that one? Uh, I felt horrible, Coach. It, it, I mean, legitimately, this team has played so well defensively all <clears> season <throat> long, and then come out and, and lay an egg like that. Yep. And it was like a lot of weird stuff. It was a bad tackling. It was messed up coverages, people flying down the field wide open. It was uh, lack of contain on the pass rush. It was, it was, it was, I, was, I had to watch the game on replay. And, you know, I probably only watched about a third of the plays. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, I, it was, and I watched the end of the game. So it was, I watched the whole, you know, like middle of the third quarter on. Not, not. I was not happy whatsoever watching that game. It was and, an amazing. You know, and obviously, offensively, they looked spectacular. But you yeah. know, and you're right, by the way, Nathan Shieldhouse, who I uh, questioned early on. The more I watch him, the more he's got that quote-unquote it factor. He has that 
charisma, that leadership. He's starting to throw the ball down the field a little bit. Very good athlete. Only a red shirt freshman. So uh, I will uh, go along with you. I was wrong earlier there. I think this kid's going to be a heck of a quarterback. For yeah, and I, yeah, and I agree with you. He does need to improve on on his uh, on his uh, his pass accuracy, but he seems to throw the ball to the right yep. guy. You know, which is a good sign. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think yeah, I I'm really happy. I really think he's going to. When his uh, four years as a starting quarterback at Illinois is done, he'll be considered the greatest quarterback we've ever had. Well, or they've that, ever had. Uh, that's a strong statement. I'm not ready to go there just yet. He's improving in his pocket presence. And uh, Cinemax Cindy, one of our emailers, wants to know, uh, ask Joel, without getting too personal, how is his pocket presence of late? Uh, actually, I'm taking care of it right now, Coach. I'm working on that as we speak. Just uh, make sure you stay in the pocket and don't uh, – don't try to improvise on your own, at least not during the All show. Right, okay? Stop before I throw up. Thank you very much. <laughs> 888-463-6748-Big Dog. I have read no controversy on it. Maybe controversy is the wrong word, but criticism. Uh in that 67-65 game, so many things happen. I'm the only one who said it, but but the big mistake of the game was the last play of the game. Illinois is going for a two-point tie, and they call Nathan Shieldhouse, their quarterback, on a drop back pass play. And nobody, I, I guess uh, you're right about that, Coach. Get him outside the pocket. Do Absolutely. Something. And I think the offensive line decided to, uh, they were so, they were like, really, is this what we're doing? That they decided not to block anybody. The kid drops back and four Michigan defenders are in his face in a half yeah. a second. I mean, it was, you, unbe- you, it was unbelievable. I mean, either you run the football, you, you got Mikel Ashore. I mean, you, you, I have no problem trying to run the football, maybe not straight up the middle, but off the tackles with their great running back. Or the obvious thing is you roll out Nathan Shieldhouse pass run options and you leave. But to drop back from the two yard line with a quarterback, as we just uh, defined, not his strength pocket presence, I thought that was a brutal call. And nobody blocked. The kid, the kid never had a chance. He nope. took the snap, and there were four Michigan defenders in his face. I was like, did they not know the snap count? That's what it looked like, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a, that's I, a, I was not happy with any yeah. of that, though. The play call, nor the execution. After, and just, just a reminder, Coach, the college and high school extra points are from the three. From the three? Yes. Interesting. When did they change that rule? It's been that way forever. <laughs> really? From the three-yard yeah, line? The NFL's from the two, and high school and college is from the three. Yeah, how about that? You see, a good producer like David Olson would have corrected me without me being embarrassed. No, no, he's a good producer. He doesn't want to make you look bad on air like your co-host just did. Well, thank you very much. Before an international audience here, I remind you, by the way, Big Dog, you and your pocket presence are being heard in seven different continents and also uh, parts of lower Mississippi and Louisiana as well. By the way, we got fans <laughs> in Hong Kong now, Coach. Really? Yes. Who's listening? Let's throw a shout-out. Who we got listening? Uh, Andy in Hong Kong. Andy? Yeah, Andy in Hong Kong. Listening via the internet. Andy! (laughs) Why, uh, if I could take a gander, and if it's illegal, feel free to uh, say no comment. Why is listener Andy in Hong Kong? Because he's from Hong Kong, Coach, but he's a big American sports fan. Okay. So just, uh, yeah, he's from Hong Kong. I mean, that's (laughs) that's why he's there. (laughs) Okay. Right, we fair. can move on to more college football. Just so I mean, you're talking about they're all we have listeners all over the world, and you're right about Thank it. Thank you very much. Moving right along for Andy in Hong Kong and the rest of our international listeners. I don't know if they're all geared up the Northwestern football, but my beloved Wildcats, big dog, we're up twenty-one to nothing, sailing along. I'm sailing, and then all of a sudden, Penn State scores a touchdown right before the half. 
and all things changed. Second half, it was touchdown, 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 touchdown. Four possessions, four TDs, and Penn State wins it. How about Joe Paterno getting his 400th career win? That was that was that was really cool in a good way for him to get a coach. Normally, I would root for Northwestern over over Penn State, but I definitely wasn't this Saturday. Uh, and Paterno's speech, you know, he's a little slow now, and he, you know, he doesn't have as much pep in his step as he used to in the day. But that was that was pretty cool. The stuff that he was saying about Penn State and, mm-hmm. and about the Penn State fans and just about football in general. But his uh, comments after the game, totally heartwarming, very touching. Yep, yep. And with his wife down on the field, his wife, uh, I think. Joanne, I want to say, of many, many years, or was it Pat? Either way, but the wife was down. That was a pretty cool scene. They gave Joe Pa the ride off the field. Everything was great. I loved the entire scene. I'm a longtime Joe Paterno guy, but the only thing I didn't like is the fact that it came against my favorite team, the Northwestern Wildcats. What the hell happened, Big Dog? 21-0 lead. I've seen games change on a dime, but rarely that drastic as the Penn State comeback. Yeah, and normally, let's let's face it, Penn State doesn't have a come from behind team. They have a get a lead early, beat you up all day long mm-hmm. type team. You know that they're they're not built to come from behind. But uh, yeah, I didn't watch that game, coach. So I, I really can't tell you mm-hmm. exactly what happened. But I do know this: before Pat Fitzgerald was born, Joe Paterno <laughs> had 87 <laughs> wins as the Penn State head coach. Oh, that's unbelievable. That's um, and we've said this before, you know, 400 in this day and age of large numbers. Sometimes you can let that kind of go by the wayside, but you have to you have to remind yourself that in football, in college football, for most ordinary teams, eight wins is a good season. Ten is a great season. He's got 400. That's if you're winning eight games a year, and for a lot of programs, eight games a year is pretty good. Yes. That's yes. like that's like 44 years. Of eight victories, and obviously if you go the 10 wins, which is a great year, 40 years of 10 victories. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's truly amazing. Yeah. It's 50 years of eight wins is what it would be. 50 times yes. eight is 400. Yes. Sorry about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. so, I, I mean, it's it's truly amazing. And there's that record will never be broken. If you think about it, you'd have to be somebody like Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. Okay, because you have to start coaching when you're like 35 at the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, because let's face it, you're not going to average ten wins over over forty years. So you got to you got to coach it for fifty years and average the eight wins. Wow. And you got to you got to coach until you're mid eighties. Yeah. And and you have to basically coach at a dominant program. And let's face it, Northwestern could end up being a really good program. And 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 he could average you know he can average going eight and five. That wouldn't mm-hmm. be too you know it wouldn't be too surprising if Pat Fitzgerald can lead Northwestern on an average year being eight and five typically. Yeah, and Fitz but is yeah, the kind of guy be there for for fifty years. He's he's the he's a throwback to the modern day coach because and we don't know. I might be proven wrong, but he seems like the type of guy played at Northwestern, very loyal to the university. That uh, even if he has success at Northwestern, he may not go elsewhere. He may be uh, like old school Joe Paterno and stay with the same university for many and many a year. Yeah, it'd just be impossible to win ten games a season at Northwestern for forty years. <laughs> yeah, it'd be impossible. Yep. But let, let's face it. And I know if I, I said that the past is he'd freak out because we know that you know he's a little bit type A personality, mm-hmm. and you know, he's so <laughs> loyal to his school. But you're not going to get the type of athlete you can have. You can he could possibly have. I, it's not un, un, unfathomable that he actually wins a national championship there and goes thirteen and zero. It really isn't that crazy to say that. Mm-hmm. But he, he cannot win. And wins a season for forty years. 
I mean, it's just almost an impossibility at that particular school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's, it's the fact that I'm glad you brought that up, Coach. Don't forget that the Joe Paterno did it all at Penn State. Yes, never switched schools. And when yeah. Penn State, when he got at Penn State, it was not a renowned football program. He turned it into a renowned mm-hmm. football program. Yeah, I remember oh. as a uh, as a teenage kid following college football. I remember uh, you know following Joe Paterno on the Penn State Nittany Lions. It's absolutely amazing. We got to talk Texas Tech, Texas A&M as well. They pulled off some big victories over uh, Oklahoma and Missouri. The Stanford Cardinal continue to roll. 888-463-6748, our phone number. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines, check in on line number 42, I think it is, and it is caller Brian checking in. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Average. Well, well. you know. We all have something to shoot for. <laughs> if you're starting low, it's easier to go up high. See? Very nice. <laughs> hit them high, hit them low, whichever way, make sure you go. Exactly. Listen, a quick thing. I, I know you guys are big Illinois fans, and yep. I am a Michigan fan, and I really am not proud of the victories that happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. But what are the odds that now that the team has, the, has a chance, they play Purdue this week, that Michigan might actually go to a bowl game with one of the worst defenses in all of college football. No, no, no. It is 100% guaranteed, even if they lose all their games the rest of the year, that they're going to a bowl because they, they've even talked about it this year. This might be the first year because, uh, Brian, don't forget, there's 36 bowls now, which means they need 72 teams out of 120. I don't know how that makes any sense. There's going to be teams with losing records in bowls this season. So Michigan at six and six, they're good. They travel well. They got a history. They'll actually be five hundred, no matter what happens. Michigan goes to a bowl. And so yeah, and and you're right. Out of 120 teams, Michigan's defense is about 110. Well, the big thing for me after watching that game was first of all Illinois putting up 65. You know, Michigan playing as awfully on defense as they have. And the other day, and this morning, I was honestly just looking at the paper, looking at the standings. They have Purdue next, which, again, could be winnable if it's up in the 50s and 60s. You know, this team might actually get a decent bowl with an awful team. I don't know about Rich Rodriguez. Rich actually have his job saved. Yeah, well, yeah, Rich Rodriguez, he probably did have his job saved, unless, of course, uh, Jim Harbaugh can get out of the Stanford contract. Uh, but they're not an awful team. They have an awful defense. Their, their offense is spectacular. I mean, they're all- is really really fun to watch. So I would well, have all bad teams. If you gave I, each I, side of the ball like a grade of fifty, if you said, okay, it, your best, your best offense in the world is fifty, and your defense's best points it could possibly get is fifty, you know what they would grade out at? Like fifty-one. Because honestly, that defense is god awful, except for like maybe Mouton and Kovacs, who plays out of his mind for a guy who has no talent. And the other so, defensive back, Ray, I forget his last name. I kind of like him a little bit. They're very young, though, uh, caller Brian. Your Michigan Wolverine defense, they are young. Greg Robinson coaching the team. Greg Robinson, I think, has aged about eight years coaching that particular defense. But uh, Which is amazing because I think he was 92 when he got there. He was not exactly a young man to start out. <laughs> Big Don, the one thing I've noticed between Michigan's coach and I know Rich Rodriguez, Rich Rod, if you will, you know, is on the bubble and, you know, all kinds of problems there. But – the one difference between Rich Rodriguez and Illinois' coach, Ron Zook, Rich Rodriguez actually coaches. If you watch him on the sideline, he's involved. He's coaching the team. Ron Zook, outside of brushing his hands through his hair and looking very pensive and philosophical and worried at times, he didn't do a lick of coaching. 
Well, sometimes you leave your assistants to it. I, I, I don't want to even get into all that right now. I, I think you do have – you're right, though. You're right. I don't, I don't want to really get editorial about that right now. But I watched Illinois last year. It's best he doesn't coach. They've played way better since he hasn't. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That's We've talked about that clearly now that they've got a better offensive and defensive uh, – Coaches that are basically coaching the team, and Ron Zook's the figurehead. That's just he just bothers me. On the nice enough guy, but it just somehow watching him on the sidelines, everything looks disheveled. But uh, it was a heck of a ball game, sixty-seven, sixty-five. Brian, I don't know if you heard our comment earlier. I thought Illinois' final play, the two-pointer to tie it up, they called a drop-back pass. That was a, and I haven't heard anybody criticize it. To me, that was, and I thought about it right away. Why would you drop back from the three-yard line? Your rollout speed quarterback, Nathan Schielhaus. I thought it was a brutal final call. Well, my, my personal thought was you know, the offensive coordinator had gone through his whole book at that point playing that game. You know, they've already put up 65 points, and he got on page like 206 and said, you know what, what the hell, I haven't called this yet, let's go. Why? You got, 60, you got 65 points, why go to another page? It was the 174th play of the game. Yeah, yeah. At that point, honestly, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're like you're trying to find that one play you haven't used yet. You're like, well, I guess this is it. Not, uh, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know, that. I would, I would, I would just go to a play that hadn't been stopped yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you got plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, got a quick question for you. How did they beat the Schmoes go this week? It, it they went well. I went two and one. Two Coach, and I don't one. Know what you went. Big Dog went because uh, producer extraordinaire David you Olson. Went, you went three and zero, oh, Big Dog. Zero oh, and three. Zero oh, and three. Zero oh, and three. How did I go zero oh, and three? I took Illinois. I took uh, I took uh, the Texans, which are a loser, and I took LSU. So I went two and one. Not by points, Fred. You didn't. Illinois was a plus three. They lost by two. San Diego, Houston. That was a loss, and no I had LSU plus six and a half, which. They won the game. All right. We'll, we'll have the uh, experts yeah. check okay, it out. Yeah, we'll double check. You'll double check then. So. All right. Because we had you down right. for for 0-3. Uh, uh, Brian, how'd you do? Beat the Schmoes, of course, a regular game. We play here on a football Friday. You pick any three games against the point spread. How'd you do, Brian? Well, if I remember correctly, I picked Tampa Bay. They were getting eight and a half. They won. They lost by, I believe, six. Yes, they lost by six. To Atlanta. Okay. I believe I took the Raiders. To cover or to to win against Kansas City, and I also believe I took the Jets. Now I don't know what the point spread was on that game. Yeah, you went two and one then. Yeah, so I think it's two and well, one. All I know is you believe more than a preacher at a Catholic church on a Sunday, firestorm style. I believe. Do well, we I confirm that, David Olson? Two and one. And our producer is saying possibly not. Uh, somebody asked me how I did. By the way, how'd you do? How'd you do, coach? Three and zero, oh, baby. Third consecutive week. Wow. Big dog. I was on fire last week. Remember, I did. I called you guys in, and I said I didn't feel real confident with my picks. You know you're hot when you take some guesses. I didn't feel that strong. Three and oh, I was with you, Brian. Picked the Raiders. I had the Lions over the Jets. Got the points there, and I had the Giants over the Seahawks. A lot of people questioned me on that, and the, the Giants, what, 41 to 7? Yeah, it was. The game was over in the first quarter. It was 28 to nothing. Three consecutive three and O's. Big dog, what with a streak like this, where should I go this week? And don't well, say it, Las Vegas. No, 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 I, no you, you can't because I, I gotta be honest with you, coach. As soon as you start betting money, that's yeah. when you go 0 and three. Okay. 
So don't. Yeah, but did you have Zenyatta winning this weekend? Oh, Zenyatta. <laughs> There's, by the way, my uh, the Nathan Schuhaus call, the offensive coordinator. He's number two on my criticism list. Number one, and I feel horrible for the jockey because he was in tears. They tried to interview him afterwards. He was so broken up, Zenyatta losing by like half a head. But I don't know if you watched the race or not. Zenyatta, the female horse, finishing out her career. Would have been 20 for 20. Would have been a legacy going down as one of the great horses of all time. In last place, makes an unbelievable run and just runs out of time. And my question is, if you got that much horse, why start so late? Yeah, the, the the jockey broke down and started crying. There's nothing like a jockey crying. It was it's, sad. It's hilarious. I was mad at him Whoa. for not making the move sooner, but I did feel bad for the guy. But, oh, man, caller Brian, that was uh, so close yet so far. Well, the only thing better than the jockey crying is the two jockey fist fights the day before. Yes. Did you did you see that? My guy, Cal- that? Calvin Burrow. All of a sudden, I'm a bigger fan of jockeys and horse racing. Matt, I, I still like most jockeys grew up as boxers because they're the only ones that can fight in like a hundred eight pound division. <laughs> that's, that's no that joke. A lot of Jackpino guys. I still think two mascots getting in a fight is the best, but very close to it is, is jockey fights are awfully entertaining. Well, I think mascots are better because it starts off as like harmless fun. Yes, yes. And then it, you just see it snap <laughs> into something way worse than it actually is. You're exactly like the right. The jockey fight was anger right off the bat, so yeah. that was just fun. <laughs> Gentlemen, I just want to say hello. Hope you had a great weekend, and I'm sure I'll talk to you guys soon. Big dog. Before you go, Brian, I just want to let you know Michigan will be going to a bowl game, and they're gonna. It's gonna be the General Electric Bowl, and they're gonna play Hawaii, and they're gonna have to replace the scoreboard sometime in the middle of the second quarter. (laughs) They'll just go manual on the outside of it. They'll just add zeros. One guy who flips numbers. It'll be the first time a team with 80 points ever loses a game in NCAA football, and it didn't even go to overtime. Brian, emailer Cinemax Cindy wants to know if Brian goes 3-0 and on this week's Beat the Schmoes, will he be sent out to stud? I sure hope so. I don't know it's, how you answer It's been that. my dream. It's been my dream ever since I was a youth. Forget retirement, forget money, forget wealth. All I've ever wanted was to be sent just, out to stud. Just pick three straight games this week on Friday, and uh, you may have your dreams fulfilled, young man. Dreams are free, Coach. You, dreams are free. You, Cinemax Cindy, and a picture of Zenyatta. I'm sure the three of you will be very happy. <laughs> uh, you had me at Zenyatta. <laughs> Say goodnight, Brian. Goodnight, Brian. <laughs> 888-463-6748-Caller Brian checking in. You can, too. Big note real quick before we go to a break. Other yeah, college. No, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to check my stuff, Coach, because I can't see because I know I took Illinois and I know I took Houston, Texas. Okay. So I don't know if I had took the LSU-Alabama game, uh-huh. which, which or if I put the U, Utah-TCU game. But I won at least one. I didn't go 0-3. Uh, we'll check it out. Don't worry about it. Texas A&M and Texas Tech knocking off Missouri and Oklahoma. Real quick, uh, that was kind of quiet, but I thought a significant development in collegiate football, Big 12 style. Yeah, those are pretty big games, especially considering that uh, you know those two teams look pretty good. And and did you see what Kansas State did to Texas? No, I missed that. Oh my god, Kansas State was up thirty-eight nothing in that wow. game. I don't know what the final was. Wow. And in Big Twelve football this week, Kansas was down twenty-eight points in the fourth quarter to Colorado, and they came back and won. Are you kidding? They, they scored 35 unanswered points in the final 11 minutes of the fourth quarter. Wow. I missed I missed both of those. I didn't watch you the game. I just heard like I heard yesterday morning what had happened. Is, is the Big 12, if I could make this kind of, kind of weird comparison, the Big 12 sort of like the NFL now? 
where parity has hit, and it hits when you least expect it, particularly. If I could pick out one conference where that's true in college football, it's this year's Big 12. Yeah, that that would be good. And, and then the fact that it's nothing but pure offense in that conference. Seriously, if you, if you score 30 points, you're going to lose in that conference. Colorado was up 28 nothing with 11 minutes no, no, left. They were up 45 to 17 By and 20. they lost 52 to 45. Wow. wow. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's, that's unbelievable. Really bad. Stanford Cardinal by the way, they might be as good as any team in the country. They beat Arizona 42-17 and another team I would argue as good as anybody in the country bar none and that's Arkansas. They beat South Carolina at South Carolina. Forget about Ryan Mallet. I'm not loving that. Absolutely Arkansas is this on the second level coach. They do not have a defense to compete with those those other teams that you just talked about. No way. They're, Arkansas is a very solid number 12 team in the country. They're not in the top. They, you, they don't compare to Oregon or Auburn or TC or Boise State. Yeah, I'm not so sure I agree with that. They beat South Carolina 41-20. to That's a pretty big win at South Carolina. Anytime Steve Spurrier can get embarrassed in front of his home crowd, that's an appreciative performance. Uh, well, well, we'll find out how good Arkansas is when they play LSU last game of the season. Okay. I'm taking Arkansas on that game right now. I'm taking LSU right now. You and me, mono versus mono. We'll take a quick break. We come back. NFL, the weekend that was. We'll talk about some of the big upsets, big games, great performances, and more. We'll do a little NFL round them up and wrap them up. It's the big dog and the coach at your service on a football Monday here in the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Stick around. Quick break. Back in a minute. to get back to two guys and a mic your mid-morning break sports talk show once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com all right welcome back second half of the talkzone.com two guys and a mic experience we do it each and every monday through friday 10 to 11 in the morning we're now on daylight savings time big dog so welcome to the fine month of november welcome to daylight savings time and um hopefully Hopefully you set your clock the right time and you caught the Bears game 
at its proper time. You didn't oversleep the Bears opener, did you? No, no, it's uh, you get more sleep. Yes. It would have been impossible for me to. It's uh, it's uh, it's in the in the springtime when I end up missing like uh, ah. the NCAA tournament game oh, is cool. what ends up messing stuff up. All right. Did yeah. you realize when you went to sleep on Saturday night with all the different factions going on in your life? Uh, did you realize that in fact the clocks were going to change, or were you once again oblivious to it all? No, I, I knew it was going on. Had a boy. Had a boy. So good. Very good. Very good. All right, your beloved Bears, let's talk about them real quick. Bears uh, win the game 22-19. I don't know how much joy there is in Mudville, Big Dog. It was a victory. The Bears are 5-3, and three, but um, not exactly a thriller. But, hey, NFL, you get a W, you move on. Yeah, I'm not – I don't care about winning. They're gonna, they'll win pretty a couple times this year. they got to win. They're 5-3. A road win versus a team that's now 0-8. But it's a team that plays everybody tough and figures out a way to lose at the end, don't they? I mean, I, I was never worried during this football game at all, not once, Coach. Uh, I mean, the Bears are down, uh, you know, 19-14, whatever it was, 19-14 time yet. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Don't mm-hmm. worry, though. The Bills will figure out a way to lose, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I'm so. going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree with your statement, but I'm going to disagree with the outcome of it. Now, I'm going to make a weird statement. It's a long time longtime Chicago Bears fan, and uh, A, I agree with you. I was never worried, but B, I strongly disagree with that. I thought the game was uh, for the taking for either team, and I thought Buffalo had a chance to win it, and here's... Oh, no, 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 you're exactly right, they did. But this is Buffalo, Coach. Buffalo has yeah. uh, grabbed uh, defeat from the jaws of victory eight times this year. It's true. Okay. So I'm not, I wasn't worried about it. You're exactly right. Any team could have won it, but I was like, if the way this season has gone this year... Every close game except for the Redskins, yep. the Bears have won. And every close game this year for the Bills, they have figured out a way to lose. So I was like, the, the, mm-hmm. the Bears will win this game. All it was right, strange. I, it was like inevitable for me. It was, I wasn't even worried. I, I kind of took, took the approach that Buffalo was due to pull out one of these games at some point. And their quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, was uh, playing very, very well. He could play for my team any day. But the weird part about my statement, Big Dog, and I, I hate to admit it, but it was true as to the actual feeling I I was not like avidly rooting for the Bears at the end of the game. Big dog still there? I'm sick of your comments like that. I, 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 I I'm just telling you how I felt. It would not have killed me if Buffalo would have uh, pulled that game out. One, I was kind of you know, I felt bad. Buffalo's 0 and seven, and you know they're due for a victory. And, and I, I just finding this version of the Chicago Bears slightly hard to root for. I know that feels terrible to say because the team I've rooted for for so many years. No, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Watching these guys throw the ball every freaking down, watching them just like the play calling. So we're supposed to get this genius of an offensive coordinator come in, and and it's it's still you do things that just shake your head. I agree with you. That stuff is difficult, but you know mm-hmm. I'm still going to root for the Bears. You know, I mean, what, what, yeah. I have no other option. And everybody and, in Chicago and I don't feel sorry for anybody who makes league minimum four hundred thousand dollars a year to play football yeah. just because they lose. Okay, yeah. I would be more than happy to have lost an NFL game yeah. yesterday. You're right about that. Way to put it in perspective. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number. A lot of Chicago fans here celebrating the fact that yeah, we ran the football. Finally, mixing up the run and the pass. Big Dog, our running backs gained 60 total yards. We averaged 2.6 yards per run. You take away the one 20-yard run by Matt Forte, and we practically got nothing on our running plays. So still a long way to go in the run game for the beloved Bear. And don't forget that uh, that the Buffalo Bills were 32nd in the NFL yes. in rush defense. How many teams don't, are there in the NFL? Don't 32. rub it in. Yeah. 
Don't rub it in. All right, let's welcome in real quick a uh, caller. We're talking some NFL football games from yesterday, 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service. We'll do NFL round them up, wrap them up in a couple of minutes. But right now, let's welcome in uh, caller Jim, checking in on line 45. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great, Coach. You guys are sounding great, except I can't hear you today. i got a bad connection. Ah. Not on your end. It's on do you like I don't know what's wrong with it. How do you like that, Big Dog? All your brilliant comments, Big Dog and caller Jim cannot even hear. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> so how you guys been? I haven't we, talked to you in a long time. We can only hope caller Jim didn't hear your predictions on Friday, Big Dog. Actually, I did. Ah, that's too bad. Sound was working fine. Brian Bauer was sounding good. Yeah. Bauer and the Big Dog, always an outstanding show. It Jimmy, was. It was great. Great to hear from you. I thought maybe you had... Uh, Left us and gone to another show. Maybe listen to Kathy and Judy on WGN, even though Kathy and Judy aren't on WGN anymore. I wouldn't do that to you, Coach. I actually had work this year. I had uh, some union work out in a refinery. Nice. Very nice. All right. So, But I had a bunch of Sundays off. I was still catching the Bears. Yep. Big Dog um, thought maybe you were watching Oprah in the morning and maybe uh, turning mm, down the sound on Oprah and listening to our show while you watch Oprah. It's not a bad idea, uh, by the way. Actually, I would put on Perry Mason or something else, but not Oprah. I just that Perry thing just don't turn me on. Wow, who was Perry <laughs> Mason's secretary? With Delta, Della Street, Dawn Street, Della Street, Della Street. There you go. Oh. I think Paul had the hots for her. Big, the detective so guy. I guarantee you, Paul wasn't the only one. The way Della wore that dress and that hat, very professional. Yet you got the feeling that behind closed doors there'd be a wild and woolly Della Street. Big Dog, have you ever seen a Perry Mason? Uh, I haven't watched any MeTV, Coach. <laughs> he knows exactly what network it's on, at least. <laughs> oh, goodness. What's on your mind, Jimmy? What Did you watch the football yesterday? What uh, thoughts did you have after a big Sunday of football? Well, it was nice to get a W, but boy, oh, boy, the Bears have a lot of issues. And uh, Five and three at the halfway, I don't see them going five and three the rest of the way to you. You know big what I mean? To, to make realistic playoff uh, contention. Oh, okay. We just lost the big dog. I was going to let him answer for that. Uh, in a word, no. <laughs> I don't. Their schedule gets a lot tougher. I think if they go three and five, it will be a little bit of, bit of a surprise. The defense play much, much better, Jimmy, but uh, the offense is still in a shambles. You still get the feeling this team not chemically attracted to each other. There's some mm-hmm. connection missing, but um, – I don't know. We got the big dog back. Big dog caller Jim yeah. was asking. Uh, he didn't think he didn't see the Bears going five and three second half of the season. What's your thoughts oh, no. on that? Oh no, that's and if the Bears go five and three the second half of the season, they really have improved and figured out something on their offensive line because there's no way they're going to luck their way through this second half schedule. They, they got the, the Vikings. Twice. I think are going to end up playing a lot better. They've got the Patriots. They've got the Jets. Uh, they've got the Dolphins. The Dolphins are actually a, a decent team. They got the Packers in Green Bay. They yep. got Detroit in Detroit. And I'm saying Detroit in Detroit is actually a tough game. The Bears they have to win five of those games. Are you kidding me, people? You know they yeah. uh, they also have uh, one more. They have the uh, uh, the Eagles. Come on, come on. That's, <laughs> it's not. It's legitimately, Coach, they either, they're not going to luck their way through it, Jim, so they're going to have to figure out a way to get, start blocking people and, and calling a little bit better mm-hmm. games offensively, or else there could be some really ugly By games the way, in the second half. Speaking of blocking people, I did, uh, not a lot, but I did at various moments during the broadcast uh, watch 
and single out number 74, the left guard for the beloved Bear, first-round pick Chris Williams, uh-huh. just to see if he's as bad as people are saying. And, again, it's a small sampling, but I swear to you, Big Dog, the plays that I watched, he got pushed over. A couple <laughs> times they happened to be like those trap plays where he you know, quickly moves out. And mm-hmm. both one time he was tripped and fell, and the other time he was way late. And get into the yeah, hole. Yeah, the guy get... went right across his face and destroyed Forte. The guy that he yeah. should have was blocked on the trap, went yeah. right in front of him and destroyed yeah, Matt Forte. I'm, I'm not breaking down tape of every single one of the plays, but the small sampling I watched him, brutal! Yeah, I cannot believe they were this wrong about this kid. Wow. Seriously, a first-round yeah. pick that isn't even is, – I mean, it's, he's bad, Coach. On the other hand, number 71 on the defensive side, a Canadian himself returns to his uh, fine country. He was the POG, the player of the game, Israeli. Adonijah, he was uh, fun to watch, made some big plays for the Bear. Is Riley, is that to call him now? That's what I call him. <laughs> Coach has a nickname for everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I, yeah, you know, I, just, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you there, but uh, when I was on that job, I had a chance to work with the uncle of that Barnett kid from uh, Green Bay. Nick he was Barnett? Our, uh, yeah, he was our safety guy, mm-hmm. his uncle. He's and, good. Uh, well, he's a big Green Bay fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a, you know, a meeting, whatever, and he talked, and he was saying, you know, nobody's going to want to talk to me after the game because Bears are going to lose and all of this. So when Bears won that game, everybody was on this guy, and he just kept smiling all day, and he was getting it from everybody because he's the only Green Bay fan in the whole job. And I wore a special hat for him. It was yeah. uh, it's a picture of a Chicago Bear fan, like a kid, with, it, with the big C on the hat, mm-hmm. and he's urinating on a Green Bay, the Green Bay thing. <laughs> and and I told him, right. I'm wearing a special hat for you. And then I wore it the rest of the job, and he says, you know, you can change hats anytime you want. I said, no, nah, I get kind of partial to it now. So I gave him grief the rest of the job. Oh, man. So. That's, that's a little rough. Nick Barnett, by the way, uh, even though he's a Green Bay Packer and competes against my beloved Bear, I like that dude. He could play for my team any day. Oh, yeah, well, he, well, he, he can spend a lot of time on the couch because he's done for the year. So, oh, yeah. what happened? He's been, uh, second week Injured. of the season, he blew his knee out. Coach, he hasn't played for since September. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yep. All right, caller Jimmy, it's a one-hour show. We got to get to our NFL round them up and wrap gotcha. them up. Uh, we appreciate your checking in, and glad you're not watching Oprah and still listening to us. Well, you guys are definitely the highlight of my day here. I'm back on unemployment, so right, we're catching Oprah. We're we're not quite there yet, but. Uh, we're on the, the arrows pointing up for us, big dog, and the arrow pointing down for Oprah. At some point, the two arrows are going to meet. <laughs> I definitely will be wearing protection. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the round up wrap, my big dog? There were some great games yesterday. I can't wait to get to some of them here, some of your uh, hellacious comments. Oh, boy. Heck yeah, Coach. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Regular Monday segment. We review the NFL games from yesterday. It's time for the NFL round up all right here we go let's talk new york jets over the detroit lions are you kidding me how rough things can get for detroit they lose 23 20 big dog they dominate well they didn't dominate they controlled the game they had the upset right there for them the jets come back from 10 down in the fourth quarter and who would have thunk it their place kicker their field goal kicker gets injured. He can't kick an extra point, and it comes back to haunt him. It cost him the game. How bad can things get for a very good football team, the Detroit Lions? 
to uh, well, they're passing the ball when they should be running it late in the game. It stops the clock, and that is the reason why uh, the Jets are able to come back and tie the game. And, and, and let's face it, on the they kicked a field goal. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Trevor Price roughed the kicker, hurt Hanson, so they had to use Indomitian Sue on the extra point because they had scored a touchdown because it, it was the kick was from like the two yard line. So they end up it was half the distance. They end up scoring the touchdown. So Indomitian Sue had to kick the extra point. He had great form. It he just missed it. <laughs> 300-something pound Nagdama kicking the ball. And I guess he is their legitimate backup place kicker. Uh-huh, he is because uh, he was a great wow. soccer player back in Africa. Wow, I feel so bad. Serious, I feel bad for the Detroit Lions because there are so many games this year, including, let's not forget, folks, they beat the Bears in the opening game, the Calvin Johnson cat. They are the hard luck team, and I'm telling you, dog, so, Detroit. Okay, if you're going to say that to Forget me, about so, that, forget about them. Houston, Can we at least get the Houston Texan win? Against the spread, if you're going to say that, because right. Aaron Foster had a touchdown taken away from him on the exact same play. I'll give yesterday. it to you. I'll give it to you. Can we agree that the Detroit Lions are a pretty damn good football team? No, you. I've been saying it all year. I've, I said at the beginning of the year they were going to have more wins than the Vikings, and that doesn't think I don't think it's going to happen anymore. But yeah, I do think the, the Lions are a good team, coach. Game two of the dock at the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of people thought the magic had gone out. The balloon had been deflated in the air. Brett Favre experience, but no, he finds a way to get it done. An all-time record for Brett Favre, 446 yards. Big dog, the Vikings come from a couple touchdowns back with less than four minutes left. Another amazing comeback. Big win for the Vikes, and Ryan Longwell kicks the game-winner field goal in overtime. You know, I'm one of the handful of people that can't stand Brett Favre, but I'm going to tell you this right now. Oh, oh my goodness, did he play a game yesterday. I mean, that, like, I know why everybody else loves him, and it's because of games like that. And he put that team on his back and carried them. Really, that was, it was a phenomenal win yesterday for the Vikings. Next up on the dock at the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys have completely fallen off the NFL uh Edge of the earth, the Packers beat him 45-7. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant, 27-34. Big dog, the Cowboys, uh, what hath happened to them? And the Packers look powerful. You know, I had no interest in watching that game. And then, uh, like, during the second half, I turned it on, and I saw the Cowboys make a bad play. Then I saw it make a bad play. Cloudy's upstairs. He's laughing. I couldn't turn it off for about a quarter because I could not believe how bad. It was so bad it was actually entertaining at some <laughs> point. I mean, clean, I mean, did you see the play? Like the, the Cowboys are dropping punts. They're they're they had twelve men on the field. I mean, every play it got worse and worse and worse. It was actually entertaining, Coach Wade Phillips will be uh, available for work in the not too distant future. I am surprised he was not fired last night, Coach. How how do they not just fire him and move Jason Garrett into the head coaching position? Because uh, it's scary thinking about Jason Garrett as your head coach. Well, they're grooming him to be the head coach, anyways. I don't, I don't understand it. I, not, I cannot believe Jones has not fired Wade Phillips yet. Uh, next up on the docket, a perfect example of NFL parody in perfection. The dog pound is back. The Cleveland Browns, two out of three. They beat the Saints three weeks ago. They beat the New England Patriots yesterday, and not just beat them, they spanked them 34-14. to 14. Colt McCoy was not great, but he was good enough, uh, good enough, I should say, and a kid named Peyton Hillis, Hollis. Peyton Hollis is your new NFL star. But how about the Cleveland Browns pulling off the upset dog? Yeah, Peyton Hillis. I mean, that guy, he had 181-yard rushing average, eight yards a carry yesterday. 
and it seemed like he got eight on every single carry. It was second and two all day long for the for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to disagree. Colt McCoy played all right, Coach. It was uh, He did enough to win. He had a long scramble for a touchdown. I mean, for a rookie, a third-round draft pick, he's playing better than uh, a guy the Bears gave up two first-round draft picks to Kyle Orton for. That's a good point. Good point. We should also mention Eric Mangini beat his old mentor, Bill Belichick. So a big win for Mangini as well. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Okay. And then he uh, he was glowing after the game is the only way to describe it. I love an NFL coach that glows. All right. Next up, Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Very, very entertaining football game here. A couple of first-half touchdowns from Chicago area kid Michael the Burner Turner. But Tampa Bay, much better than people think, proving all their uh, – uh, naysayers incorrect. They battled Atlanta. Had a chance to win it, Big Dog, on the final drive. The Falcons' defense holds for a 27-21 win. Very, very entertaining football game. Oh, it was a very entertaining game. On a fourth and one from the two, uh, the Falcons were able to stop uh, LeGarrette Blunt. And I'm telling you, that guy is one of the best uh, short-distance runners in the game of football. I mean, I know he's only a rookie. But he's a load. He's 260 pounds. They can really barrel through people. So uh, that was an impressive play uh, by the Falcons defense. All right, a couple of games left that we got to wrap up the show. The Oakland Raiders 23-20 over Kansas City in overtime. Another great ball game in the Raiders. The Raiders have been bad for so many years. Big dog three consecutive wins. They are back. And uh, the Chiefs, not a bad performance either. Yeah, I would call that the game of the day. It was the first sellout in, in Oakland in 12 games, so that was, that was big time. They actually got to watch the games over there at Oakland. and uh, it, it was just real entertaining. The two best running teams in football. That mm-hmm. tells you why they've probably had such a resurgence this year. And finally on the docket, we'll package them together. Maybe the two top teams in the NFC starting to stretch their muscles a little bit and prove maybe they're going to meet down the road. The New York Giants all over the Seattle Seahawks. I think right now they're the best team with the New Orleans Saints. Don't forget about them. 34-3 to over Carolina. Carolina's not much, but uh, the Saints and the Giants, pretty impressive, big dub, both yesterday. Yeah, luckily Carolina's got to win. Because I don't think they're going to get one the rest of the season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to sit there and bash these. But, yeah, it's, it's, I would have to say right now, the NFC definitely isn't as strong as the AFC, but uh, it's the New Orleans Saints and the yep. New York football Giants yep. that are battling for uh, supremacy out there, Coach. Yep. All right, Big Dog, we got to wrap it up. We'll uh, do it all over again tomorrow. We'll pick up some of the residue uh, from the weekend stuff we didn't get to, okay? Sounds good, Coach. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, everybody. we got to sign off. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com. David Olson, producer, great job. Have a great day. We'll do it all over again tomorrow at 10.